Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Toyo Open Country AT3. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire here on Wednesday, January 20th inauguration day meaning there's going to be a lot of news happening and sports are going to be pushed to the backdrop and you know what for one day it's okay i understand that but maybe we'll have some big sports news later today when patrick mahomes uh may or may not practice with the kansas city chiefs everybody waiting with bated breath to find out when the best quarterback in the nfl with apologies to Aaron Rodgers, uh, whether or not he can suit up for this weekend's AFC title game. Chiefs-Bills, very good game. Listen, everybody hopes Patrick Mahomes plays, but I'm actually going to start today's show by reminding you to subscribe, rate, and review. Sometimes I forget to slip that in there. And um, that helps the metrics, that helps the audience grow. We love when you subscribe, rate, and review. Later in the podcast, we have a great guest, Brady Papinga, former Packers Super Bowl champion, stops by. And he went to BYU. He is an enormous Taysom Hill advocate. They're good friends. And I asked him about Zach Wilson, the BYU quarterback who I would love for the Jets to get if they can't get Deshaun Watson. 
I think the Jets fans who listen to this, and yes, Rob G hates it when I talk about the Jets, but the Jets fans who listen to this are going to love what Brady Papinga has to say about Zach Wilson. But first, I need to open the podcast talking about what I think is probably going to end up being the second biggest story in sports this evening, and that's the return, allegedly, of Kyrie Irving to the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets will play the Cleveland Cavaliers. Kyrie Irving is expected to return from his two-week sabbatical, miss seven games. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, let me just fast forward through Kyrie Irving and get to the NFL stuff. Just be patient. There is a bigger picture story here, okay? Kyrie spoke to the media on Tuesday and offered no details about his absence. He's basically like, yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Family stuff, personal stuff, blah. I don't don't want to get into it. I'm happy to be back. I addressed the team. I addressed everyone that needed to be addressed. So I guess Steve Nash, the head coach, who he said they don't really need a head coach. Uh, Hopefully Steve Nash has the deal, the Nets owner, and obviously Kevin Durant and James Harden. Um, I think what I want to talk about here is, you know, Kyrie being a different dude. And I will say I've, I've taken some shots at Kyrie Irving on this podcast, on my radio show, on television. Um, I've taken plenty of shots at Kyrie Irving and he's low hanging fruit at this point. Okay. But I want to back off for a second and zoom out for a second. And I want you guys to take this approach to Kyrie Irving and his absence. Okay. I had thought of this witty opening, like, Hey, What happens if your wife says, I need to peace out. I need a two-week sabbatical. And she just vanishes without a trace. And then she shows up two weeks later. And you're like, what the hell? You can't can't do that. You know, you're going to dump your wife. If it's your girlfriend, you're moving on. Um, I thought about opening with that. And I thought, eh, that's, that's probably a little harsh on Kyrie Irving. Let me take this angle. And I went to his Instagram page. You know, millennials, all they do is they love Instagram right? As a young athlete, the best way to reach your audience, your following, is through Instagram. Eh, Twitter, not really that big for athletes. They don't love it. Instagram is the best. Facebook is very corporate. That's what you do to pop your, uh, you know, latest ad, right? You do that on Facebook. But the young people are on Instagram. Yes, you need to follow me on the gram. So I went to get an idea of Kyrie Irving's Instagram. First of all, he has 15 million followers. I decided, you know what, let me go to some other NBA players. So I went to Steph Curry's IG. All it is is basically basketball, which he loves, and his family. You know, his wife, who is like an amateur cookbook person, and his kids. Hoops and family for Steph Curry. You say, well, Jay, he's a little bit older. Okay, let me check LeBron, you know, the most popular player in the NBA, you know, greatest player of all time. LeBron, basketball heavy on the social activism, and his family. Family guy. Loves basketball. A lot of basketball. Jason, you're going old. Kyrie's younger. Kyrie's 20. Okay, okay, let me go look at the young guys. Luka Doncic. His posts about his girlfriend and a lot of posts about basketball. Luka Doncic loves basketball. All right, let me look at Giannis. I go to Giannis's IG. He's a little younger than Kyrie, All basketball. It's like Giannis posts after every other game or something. I didn't check all the dates, but it is a ton of basketball. The point, folks, is that if this is your way to express yourself to your fans, who you are, what you love, go to my Instagram, right? It's family stuff. 
sports takes, gambling, um, other interests that I have. I'm trying to spend time outdoors because LA wants you to stay indoors. I'm trying to do hiking. Um, it's it's a it's kind of a, a window into who I am. So now we get to Kyrie Irving. And if you go to Kyrie Irving's Instagram page, what do you see? I don't see no basketball. I don't see any basketball. No pictures of Kyrie Irving playing basketball. There's one of him with a basket. He's like dressed in a nice outfit. And he has a basketball under his leg. But, uh, you know, there's another one where um, he's lacing up his sneakers. Obviously an ad because he's got a lucrative sneaker deal. But there are no images of Kyrie, no videos of Kyrie doing basketball. And I need at this point to preface it by repeating myself that I am a fan of Kyrie Irving, the basketball player. I love watching him do his thing on the court. His skill set is absurdly fun. I, you know, I like watching Kyrie Irving play basketball more than James Harden. <laughs> Confession, I own a Kyrie Irving jersey. The burnt orange, it just looks sick from his Cavs days. I'm a Kyrie Irving basketball fan. Now, I'm not a psychologist, major shocker, um, but when I look at Kyrie's page, I see a young man who's lost, who doesn't know who he is or what he wants to be, someone who is struggling with who they are, maybe to find their place in this giant, terrifying, scary, uncertain world. I mean, maybe he's struggling with fame a little bit. And I remembered that friend of the podcast, Brian Winhorst, he's been on here a couple times, as insightful as it gets regarding the NBA. Three years ago, he wrote a piece, and the dateline was, I believe, North Dakota. Kyrie Irving never knew his mother. His mom and his dad separated when he was really young, and then his mom passed away when Kyrie was like four years old. And Winhorst wrote a piece about... Kyrie Irving going to North Dakota a few summers ago, three summers ago, to understand where his mom came from. And she was from the Standing Rock Sioux tribe uh, that she was born into. Um, and, and it's like, that's kind of heavy. A young man, Kyrie Irving, not knowing his mom at all, and then finding out she was part of this huge tribe in North Dakota. And... On some level, I can kind of understand his uncertainty. Um, I think I've talked about this a little on my radio show. Uh, my brother and I, um, you know, we got the 23andMe a few years ago to get a better understanding of our family's backgrounds. You know, uh, our parents are from the Caribbean, and we only knew my my dad's mom and my mom's mom. Um, their dad, their fathers had passed away, and we didn't really know the great grandparents. The history were mixed, obviously. If you you know see the picture of me or my brother, and you know that stuff interests us. I mean, I'm revealing way too much that you don't care about, and I'm sure that our young audience and I do know the audience information. This where you guys are from, you know, um, ages. We I know we know all that stuff, and I know there's a lot of young guys being like, "Dude, what are you doing, Jason? This is way too heavy." Um, but like, I took on a project. Among uh, my my mom's side of the family, I hit up our cousins. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do a family tree. I want to get a better understanding of the, the history of the family. And everybody's like, great, Jay, let us know when you're done. Uh, and this is a taller order than I imagined. Um, but like, I'm into that stuff. You know, the, the thing is, I'm a little older than Kyrie. 
I'm a little surprised this is happening to him when he's like, you know, 25, 26, 27, 28. Um, and, you know, I again, you need to zoom out on Kyrie. It's easy to bash him and say, bro, you didn't show up for two weeks. What the hell? I've done that here on this podcast. But I took my time today and I really sifted through it. And like, bottom line, he is a complicated young man. And when you start talking about guys who want to retire early and walk away, Dude's got generational wealth from his contracts, okay? His sneakers are going to sell long after he's played in the NBA. Um, he don't need basketball. And, I mean, maybe I'm overthinking it, and this was a big middle finger to the Nets for going out and getting James Harden and not getting the coach that he wanted, whoever that may be. Um, I just, I do wonder if this all is going to galvanize the Brooklyn Nets, and they're going to come together as a team, as a unit, and maybe rally around Kyrie Irving. Hey, man, Kyrie needs us. He's our teammate. He's our dog. He's going through some stuff, some personal stuff. He needs us, and maybe the team rallies around Kyrie. This is a tall order for Steve Nash in his first year ever being a head coach in the NBA. All this dumped on your plate, that is a lot, okay? They have one guy who loves basketball so much in Kevin Durant, he'll show up in the comments section and scrap and verbally spar with people. I mean, I tagged Kevin Durant enough times in Instagram posts a couple years back when I said he was the best player in the NBA. He started replying to me, who am I? I'm just a guy on radio TV, you know, uh, talking about Kevin Durant. And he's replying to me. We opened a dialogue. I was like, geez, this guy loves who? And then your other guy is James Harden, who loves him some James Harden and loves him some strip clubs, he enjoys being a celebrity. He's loving life. He loves basketball, too. He wants nothing more than a championship. Well, maybe in strip clubs. But how Nash is going to get these three to get together on the same page and win a championship, that is going to be fascinating. This, along with the reappearance of Steph Curry, who took down the Lakers on Monday night. LeBron trying to go back-to-back. The emergence of Zion Williamson, who's starting to play really well. Brandon Ingram as well. Giannis, did he make the right decision? The NBA's been off to a sluggish start, but I'm telling you, I think the return of Kyrie Irving tonight is a step in the right direction. And of course, after conference championship weekend this weekend in the NFL, it's like, welcome back, NBA. We've only got one football game left, and the NBA kind of matters a lot again now. So, I'm kind of excited to, for the NBA to uh, return. It has been a tough start for the league, but uh, I'm excited to see what Kyrie's got tonight. All right, I've rambled long enough. Let's get to the main man, Brady Papinga. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't. He knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome in to Straight Fire, a guy I've known probably five or six years now. He's done some Fox Sports Radio, some FS1, and he was on the last Packers team to win the Super Bowl. Former defensive star, Brady Papinga. Brady, how you doing, man? Doing fantastic. Good to be with you, Jason. Fantastic. That's good to hear, man. It's tough to be fantastic right now in America. I'm <laughs> in LA County, right? That's right. No, yeah, you gotta gotta work for it. No question. Yeah, you do. Uh, all right, let's get started, Brady, with your Green Bay Packers. They are in the NFC title game hosting Tampa Bay. I want to start uh big picture. Aaron Rodgers, you know, this could have gone a lot of ways when they drafted a quarterback in the first round after going 13 and 3. Aaron Rodgers could have pouted, could have been whiny. Instead, he just turned it on and dominated. Um, your thoughts on this season and what you remember as a teammate of Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is the ultimate competitor. I mean, he knew the deal right from the beginning because he used to be Jordan Love when he came in to the Packers back in 2005 with myself and Ted Thompson. He built a culture immediately by drafting Aaron Rodgers of competition. He even said, Lord Favre, the great untouchable, can still be dethroned. If he doesn't perform and that sent a reverberating message to the whole team that, Hey, and, you know, and I talked to John Schneider, who's the current, you know, uh, general manager with the Seattle Seahawks. He was a former assistant, basically general manager of the Packers back then. And he would tell us that all the time he would get with us and he would just say, Hey man, if we draft a guy in the first round of your position, don't get offended. You know, we draft the best guys on the board and Hey, we're not afraid to compete. You know, we're not afraid to have you guys compete. If you guys are afraid to compete, we're sorry. And he basically left it like, well, then you better find another team. So Aaron's known the deal for 15 odd years, you know, and uh, last time this did happen to him, a lot of people don't remember, is when Favre retired, then came back, but basically retired. Packers moved on for Favre. And Aaron was the guy. 
the Packers still picked Brian Brom in the second round. And you don't pick guys in the Ooh. second round to be backups, right? And I remember they had an interview with Aaron after the draft, and Aaron uh, was asked, is, is there a quarterback competition? He's like, nope, <laughs> even though there was. And what he meant was, is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play so well that Brian Brom's going to become an afterthought. And based off of most people's reaction when you bring up Brian Brom's name, that's exactly what he did. And that's what he's done to Jordan Love. I, I, I forgot even Jordan Love was on the team. But when he was picked this last year and everybody was thinking Aaron was freaking out and having these like psycho breakdowns, in my mind it was, no, he's got those competitive juices flowing and he's going to do the same thing. He's going to play so well that it won't even be a question whether or not Jordan Love's going to go on the field or not. And he did exactly that. And he'll continue to do that. And I do believe that he's of the mentality because, you know, Favre wasn't used to this because you remember Favre, Favre played in a culture to where you don't get replaced until you kind of say I'm done and then you're done. Mm -hmm. That's what happened then. Now Aaron's under the premise that I have to play at an elite level. If I do that, I'll be able to leave on my own terms. I do believe that's what Aaron wants. And I do believe he will make that happen unless there's some freakish injury. But that's where he's at. And it was the best pick for the Packers. The Packers knew the psychology of Aaron. We all do that are close to Aaron. And we knew the best thing for the Packers is that Aaron plays at an all-time elite level, which he is right now. And the best way to do that is light up even a bigger fire under him, which he already has a fire, but even a bigger one of bringing somebody in to potentially take a spot. So do you, so you think they did the right thing going first round quarterback? Like Aaron Rodgers probably looked at it as, geez, these guys don't draft court receivers for me. They don't draft defensive stars. We could we could have used some guys at certain positions, and you guys drafted a backup. Now ultimately, you know, playing the results, it worked. But yeah, I mean Brady, this was a thirteen and three team last year. Yeah, but I mean, you look at Devonta Adams; he's a future Hall of Famer. Lazard, I mean, they're full. Tunyon's played phenomenal. To me, it was more of a respect out of Aaron. You know, I mean, you look at the history of the Packers, Jordy Nelson, Donald Driver, Greg Jennings. You just got all these good good receivers, and none of them were drafted in the first round. Man. And a lot of it was a, as a reflection of the quarterback. The quarterback, and, and I'm not trying to take anything from receivers, but a quarterback can make a good receiver great. Unfortunately, a great quarterback or a great receiver can't make a good quarterback great. And that's what Aaron's proved time and time again. And the defensively, they got the Smith brothers. They paid a lot of money to get those guys into town. Yep. You know, they they got talent on defense. They, they drafted well with Jair Alexander. So, I mean, to me, it was whoever they added in the first round was icing on the cake. It wasn't somebody that was going to come in and be a huge difference maker. Most likely, he would have come in if they would have drafted a receiver and not even really had any play, not even, have, you know, tapped into the starting lineup. That's how advanced – their receivers are. And so, you know, you can make this argument. Well, heck you drafted a backup quarterback to go to the bench. Well, a lot better to draft a backup quarterback. That's going to light even a bigger fire into your best player than a guy that's going to go to the bench. That's going to be an afterthought. All right, let's go to another quarterback in the league. Now this one, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say you're on an Island here. Cause I like him as well, but Taysom Hill of the new Orleans saints missed the Saints-Bucks game. And it was pretty clear to anybody watching that, geez, Drew Brees is shot. They could use Taysom Hill. Uh, Drew Brees now looking at retirement. Uh, Brady, there's going to be a lot of questions. Uh, is it Jameis Winston? Is it Taysom Hill? Uh, tell the audience why you're so enamored with Taysom Hill. Well, it's kind of fascinating. You know, I think the Taysom Hill narrative, he's so over-criticized. 
because you look at the four games he played, he played other than the Denver Bronco game, which was by design and just basically say, sit on the ball, don't lose it. Our defense will win us the game and we're going to run the ball down their throats, which the Broncos defense, that was their weakness. Outside of that, he played phenomenally in those other games. Considering this, every guy that he was competing against specializes in training, in meetings, in practice, in doing one thing. Guess what Taze has been doing all season up until that point? Oh, what is the tight end doing? What is the H-back doing? What is the running back doing? What is the receiver doing? Oh, and quarterback. That's almost impossible. And so to take a guy that's been mixing himself in and bouncing himself with all these different positions, to then to play the most important position and go out there and, and have a quarterback rating over 100, and he didn't even play in an offense that was meant to even have the quarterback move, let alone run, I mean – that was as impressive of a quarterbacking as you can imagine under the circumstances. And so I get where the criticism comes because I read a lot of the blogs and it's really from the, the huge fantasy football fanatics. They get upset because it hurts their team when he plays quarterback. Cause a lot of them drafted him as a tight end. And then all of a sudden they got to make new rules. <laughs> and, and so the narrative is very interesting there. And then when you look at the saints and the moves they've made, they have always looked at, Taysom as the heir apparent to Jameis Winston. And that has not changed. Here's And here's my breakdown. You know, everybody likes Jameis because he does have all the tools that you want physically in a quarterback. He can throw all the throws. He moves well. He's big. He has a perceived presence about him that people like as a leader. Although I would say when that's been tested, he's, he's kind of shown that he's more trying to still find his leadership capabilities and actually tr- being a true leader, which is why he ended up in the position he did. But with Jameis, like, let's say he does win the spot this next year, and let's say that Saints somehow sway him to stay. He's still going to have to, at the very least, share snaps with Taysom Hill because there's no way that the Saints are getting ready to Taysom. The Saints are almost $100 million over the cap. Yeah. If they I was gonna- cut Taysom, <laughs> that's a $10 million cap hit. If they trade Taysom, it's a big cap hit. So he's not going anywhere. So if you're Jameis Winston, unless the Saints go over the cap even more, which unfortunately in NFL, there's no such thing as a, you know, a, uh, a tax like an NBA where the, the owner's like, okay, we'll pay extra money to keep this guy. It's a hard cap. He's not, he's the only, and where everybody gets confused is Sean Payton is the ultimate Jedi minder, mind tricker. And when he said, well, we'd love to have Jamison back or James back, we would love to, you know, he could be a starter here. He's trying to sway Jameis to come back because the reality is, is Taysom's going to be the starter. He got hurt this year. He has a history of getting hurt. He plays recklessly. You, you're going to need a guy that's capable of being a starter backing up Taysom Hill. So just read the, the you know, if everybody wants to know what the Saints think about him and, and, and what their plans are for Taysom and Jameis, just look at how much they paid each guy. They're mm-hmm. capping for this next year. And unless something crazy happens, Taysom Hill most likely will be the starting quarterback of the Saints this next year. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm with you on that. I think Taysom Hill. Will, I think he'll beat out Jameis Winston. Frankly, um, yeah, I, I guess my concern is, you know, when you look at the rest of the roster. I mean, Brady, Trey Hendrickson, who led them in sacks, he's a free agent. Yeah. The linebacker Anzalone, he's a free agent. Uh, look in the secondary, Crawley, um, Williams, Marcus Williams, PJ yeah. Williams, Rankins on the defensive line. They're all free agents. Uh, you're gonna you can't afford them. 
I would not be shocked if they just said to Jameis Winston, hey, man, go out and get another job if you want one. Well, We're just going to ride with Taysom Hill. Well, you got to remember, too, there there is a possibility because Jameis did ride the bench that he has a market that's softer like last year to where he's looking at maybe three or four offers of minimum salary. Yeah. So they, they're going to they're, – their extra icing on the cake of that deal is to say, well, if you stay with us, you'll have a chance to start, which if there's three or four other situations that – aren't that I, you know, likely of the, the, the incumbent being, you could say, however, just not playing as the starter, not, you know, just had him replacing it. Then that makes it more attractive for him to stay. So, you know, Sean Payton, what he was doing is he was getting, you know, starting to negotiate with basically soft dollars, meaning we don't have any money, but Hey, we can get you a situation mm-hmm. that may do like what happened to Bridgewater that may be ultimately what breaks the tie between you going elsewhere if the money's the same and staying here. So that's what, you know, Sean was doing the whole time. And so you're right. There's no way the Saints can – there's no way. You have to keep yeah. those core guys. They have one of the most complete teams. In my opinion, everybody thinks I'm a t- you know Taysom Hill homer, which they can say that. I mean, went to the same school. I know the guy very well. I was the guy in the burrito shop when I saw him before he went to the draft. When he looked at me and I go, yeah, bro, you're going to be playing in the NFL next year. And he looked at me shocked like I am. I go, watch, you will. <laughs> and look at him. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not yeah. taking credit for his career, but yeah, you can call me a homer. But the reality is, is if Taysom Hill plays instead of Drew Brees, I don't know if, if uh, the Saints are eliminated from the playoffs. They, they, they may be up in Lambeau this week. Yeah, well, uh, Brees was pretty awful in that game. But let's not beat up the old guy anymore. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Uh, let me ask you about another BYU guy, Brady. Um, Zach Wilson, quarterback of BYU. You know, he was good last year. And then this past fall, he was incredible for BYU. He's now, depending on who you read or talk to, the number two quarterback coming into this draft. My Jets happen to have the number two pick. Now, if they are not able to deal for Deshaun Watson, I got to be honest, Brady, I'm all aboard the Zach Wilson train. I like Justin Fields, but I love what I've seen from Zach Wilson. Tell me what you know about him and uh, any any thoughts or feelings you have on him transitioning to the NFL. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, what made Zach Wilson, to me, a surefire NFL caliber, NFL starting quarterback was the work that he put in in the offseason. If you watched any BYU games this last year, it was it was something that was constantly talked about. And what he did is a former BYU, former NFL quarterback by the name of John Beck. He runs a basically a quarterbacking school here in uh, Huntington Beach area. So Southern California, just south of Los Angeles. Okay. And so when BYU's football program went on pause because of COVID, what Zach Wilson did every single weekend is he drove from Provo, Utah to Huntington Beach. It's 10 hours each way. And he worked personally with John Beck. That's the kind of work ethic that wins you the day in the NFL as a starting quarterback. And that to me is right there. Like, and then, it, then it translated. I mean, he was making NFL throws last year, but this year, I mean, I'm watching him and I'm like, it's not a far-fetched comparison to compare him to Aaron Rodgers into to, and I'm not saying that he's at that level, but at least somebody has flashes that look like Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. He has those and the ability to move and throw move and throw off of different planes, be off balance, throw sidearm, three quarters over the top. He has that whole package. And so when you're in a league to where moving and elongating plays as a quarterback is probably the number one trait and just having baseline throwing skills. I mean, we see that with a number of quarterbacks. He's, he's one of the best at doing that. Trevor Lawrence is, is the best in this draft, but by far Zach Wilson's the second best. Justin Phil, we just haven't seen – enough out of him and his college career of him moving on the, on the run, throwing out different planes. And that's a lot of time a byproduct. You have superior talent. You know, you don't have to really move because your line has clean, gives you clean pockets. And then you're throwing a wide open receivers because they're just superior talent wise to the defense that you're facing. But with Zach Wilson, it's, he's a proven commodity. He's going to be able to move well, throw accurately on the run, which if the Jets pick him and they have uh, Matt LaFleur's little brother, shoot, I hate to call him Matt LaFleur's little brother, but LaFleur's <laughs> brother is now the offensive coordinator. You're going to get that same. It's the Shanahan offense where they use those wide zone plays uh, complemented with boots, and they call them waggles, which just you're getting the quarterback on the move coupled with those play-action pass. So you're going to be, you know, you're, you're putting a premium on moving and throwing it would be an absolute perfect fit for Zach Wilson to go to the Jets. But don't sleep on Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is also yeah. a guy. Is also a guy I'm with who you. throws really well on the run, and he just needs to be in the right scheme. And so, But it, it would not hurt to absolutely draft Zach Wilson in the second round, let him openly compete with Sam Darnold for that quarterback spot and just see how the chips fall at the end of the day. And if Sam Darnold just cannot – let's say Zach Wilson you know, beats him out, okay, now you have a – 
a chip to trade to another team. You know, well, yeah. Well, I guess my only pushback on that Brady is if he gets beaten out by the number two pick, Zach Wilson, like the trade market is going to be way depressed for Sam Darnold. You're not going to get anything, and then you lose him for nothing. I would frankly be looking to deal him now while there is a lot of quarterback openings around the league. I mean, yeah. 49ers, we don't know. Colts, we don't know. Steelers, we don't know. I, if I'm the Jets, I'm looking to move Darnold now. Don't you? No, because I, I, I believe there's enough upside there with Sam because to me the question becomes this. If you hold on to him and he realizes his potential with somebody there that's going to compete against him, the right scheme, which is really being a top-tier quarterback in the NFL, is it worth it, worst-case scenario, having to hold on to him and, and trade him for a seventh-round pick? To me, it is. And that's just because the oh. quarterback is such a viable position. So I wouldn't – I just wouldn't put – and the thing that's great about the rookie pay scale is you're not having to pay Zach Wilson like you'd be paying a, you know, already established starting quarterback. You still got him on a very palpable yeah. rookie deal to where you can create a very competitive situation for both guys – and you can see how it plays out, but I'm I'm not one to just all of a sudden throw Sam Darnold all, you know to the scrap pile. Yeah, I, I I I all these Jets fans, Brady, think I hate Sam Darnold. I don't. I'm a huge fan. He's gonna be successful, but you've got to maximize your return on investment. And you know, paying Darnold and Wilson, obviously not ideal. Um, I don't know. We we just saw the final four in the AFC, right? Yeah. All four quarterbacks on the rookie deals. That's the quick way to build. I know the NFC obviously was the polar opposite. Um, but yeah, I, I'm bullish on Zach Wilson. I, I saw a little Deshaun Watson. You see Rodgers, huh? Yeah, well, Deshaun Watson's the same thing. What I see out of Deshaun Watson, though, he's a little stronger. Deshaun Watson reminds me more of the category of like a Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence. Zach Wilson doesn't have the same strength, like brute strength mm. to where he can break tackles and even break tackles in the pocket and and kind of, I mean, he could drive balls into tight areas, but but Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, when he was really in his prime and could move, not now, they're all kind of same mode to where it's like it's one thing to, to beat the offensive line to sack him, and then it's a whole other thing to try to get the guy down to the ground, you know. But uh, but in terms of movement skills and throwing on the move, absolutely, he's very similar to Deshaun Watson, very very close. Hmm. All right, Brady, we'll wrap up with this. Um, I got to ask, have you ever had a concussion in the NFL? Yeah, I've had my share. Yeah, I had I had to lay it up like that. Yeah. I knew you'd laugh. Um, I don't know. Just, I guess, talk me through one, and then we'll get to Pat Mahomes. But I guess talk me through the concussion, what you remember, what the protocol was like, and all that fun stuff. Well, yeah, no fun stuff. What's really hard about the concussions is you just forget things. You forget your assignments, and then your head becomes extremely susceptible to repeated concussions. Like it – I remember against the Chicago Bears in 2005, I ran down on kickoff and I ran right into a, I don't know, 900-pound wedge, three 300-pound dudes. I get up, you're seeing stars, your reality's blurry. But then it was like it didn't take that much of an impact to hit the side of my head, and and I kept having those episodes. So it's not a fun thing, you know. And if you're a quarterback and you got to make all these decisions, I mean, he's got to be 100% clear. Can he be 100% cleared before – the AFC championship game, that's the question. And absolutely he can based off the severity of it. But it's all going to come down to to recall because that's really what these, you know, protocols with the concussions are is how quickly can he pull back his, his short-term memory. And if you can get that back in – because I don't think he had that big of a hit. It wasn't like one of those hits to where – I mean, it was – he was concussed because you could see him getting up. But it wasn't like so – 
the blow wasn't so much to where you're like, oh man, it's going to take him a while to recover from that one. It was almost like it just hit the sweet spot, you know? And so I, I almost anticipate him coming back as long as he, he, he passed all the protocols, which they're going to for surely publicize. I don't think the, the chiefs are all going to all of a sudden going to, you know, have him come back without publicizing, which they'll do at the last moment. They're not going to do it in the middle of the week as they want uh, the bills to have to prepare for everything that the, the, the chiefs could potentially do, which doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. It's already a headache of right. weapons of Kelsey of Hill. I mean, you got just so many guys in the running game starting to go. So, uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that ultimately folds, you know, unfolds because he could very well be hundred percent ready to go. And he could very well still be in concussion protocol. Yeah. So it's kind of, a, I, I want to ask you, Andy Reid and the Chiefs are very carefully using their words, Brady. Yeah. He, Andy Reid has not said the word concussion. The Chiefs, <laughs> uh, anybody that's been interviewed, they haven't said the word. They keep just saying, oh, he's in the protocol. And if you notice quietly, they're going to the media and not using concussion. They're saying, oh, it was just he got hit right on the nerve, a stinger, whatever. I do wonder if there is a little bit of Something going on here. I, I'm not accusing them of anything. I it just felt odd that they're not coming out and saying the word concussion. Yeah, it's PR, you know. And I think the biggest thing is they don't want backlash if he plays. They don't want yeah. any public opinion to say that they mismanaged that situation for the sake of just wanting to get to the Super Bowl. So they're yeah. they're it's a big PR move on their end to to look like, hey, you know what? We don't even look at it as a concussion because I, I read that too. It's almost like they look at it as like he got like a stinger. You know, and that's why he got it. And I've had those too, as a matter of fact. Yeah, but Brady, uh, 30 million people were watching. And Pat Mahomes stood up and Jim Nance and Tony Romo announcing the game basically lost it. They were like, oh, no, no, not Pat Mahomes. And everybody at home's like, oh, my gosh. He, well, he, he was, couldn't stand out. He was wobbly. Yeah, he was like a limp fish out of water. Uh, but like I was saying, I've had those too to where you get a stinger and like my whole left side of my body went numb. So it wasn't a concussion. It just was a stinger. And you're walking like you're Gumby. You know, and that's how exactly Mahomes looks. So it's. And were you able to go back in the game or? Yeah, I went right happened? in the game and I wouldn't have categorized that <laughs> oh, as a concussion, though, because I didn't have the same effects from it. You know how I described earlier how when you have a concussion, you have the dizziness, the, lo the, or the, the loss of orientation, the lack of focus, the loss of short term memory. And then your head's very sensitive to where you just get a small blow and all of a sudden those same symptoms appear again. You know, this one was one episode. It was a nerve and it just shot yeah. down your body. And it's like your foot's asleep, you know, but it was your whole left side of my body. And then it came back and you were good. So that's why I, I, they're choosing their words kind of wisely because it may not have been a concussion as we would describe it. Now, is it neurological? Is it connected to the brain? All that kind of stuff for sure. Cause that's where all the nerves go. But uh, yeah. to, to want to pigeonhole themselves to where it's a concussion and then that he has to now pass a certain predetermined yeah. protocol to play that you start to really paint yourself into a corner. So I get what they're doing, but, uh, but yeah. they're, either way, they're going to be dangerous. They're going to be tough, but I, I do anticipate Patrick Mahomes playing. Yeah. Before I ask about the toe, I just want to say, did you ever have to go to the independent neurologist where, um, you know, you had to be cleared by that person before you could return. And what was that experience like? Never did. You know, that came right after I had left the NFL and ah. neurologist situation, but that's a good thing, you know, because he doesn't have the interest yeah. of the team. He's going to be separate from the team. So that's, what's good about it is it's going to create a sense of transparency for the situation that if he's cleared, then we all know that, you know what, this is, there's no neurological uh, expert out there. That's going to put their reputation on the line, their job, their, yeah. their ability to make money through that profession on the line. 
by just throwing a guy out there that's not ready to go. So we'll and, see what they that's that was my thought, Brady. Like that independent guy, he has no stake in this. No, I'm not losing my license over this. I don't think you should play him. And then what? <laughs> then the Chiefs are they can't play him. But anyway, I everybody's focusing on the the concussion. Nobody's really talking about the toe, but if you really watch that uh, replay of that game, he was missing some throws there with the toe injury late second quarter, early third. I was like, you know, he couldn't plant. I I, I don't know. People are probably struggling to wrap around how a toe could keep a quarterback out of a game, but, I mean, try to help us understand. Yeah, well, the the ability to throw the ball with velocity doesn't come from your arm. Many people think that that's how you throw hard. You got to have a strong arm. That's That's a term we all use, right? Somebody throws hard. Oh, yeah. they got a strong arm. It's not true. It comes from the their ground. Most guys who have very strong arms have lower body power, and they got torque power. And that torque power starts from their toes and reverberates all the way up through the core, and then their arm is basically just like a whip that comes after all of that movement. So if your base is a little disrupted, which it was, your ability to throw accurately is going to be effective negatively. Now. Because Mahomes works so frequently on throwing on unorthodox bases or platforms is the other term mm. they like to use. He could have adapted. I, I felt like he was starting to adapt to his injury. Like he, at first he, in his mind, he's like, okay, I'm going to go with it. But it was bothering him enough to where it was affecting his accuracy. After that, he could make adjustments to where he's not feeling the pain shoot up through his foot when he's stepping into a throw, if you get what I mean which would then yeah. enable him to, to operate at a level where he could throw the ball and deliver accurately, and that's because he could do it in so many ways. So I don't think long-term it would have affected him because he would have just adapted to that injury. And if it's still something that's an issue and he's cleared, I don't think it's going to be a big issue other than they're probably not going to call many speed option plays with this guy. That's the right, one that got to hurt. And if you remember back in the Super Bowl last year against the 49ers, they ran him on a bunch of speed option plays which, yeah. you know, exposed him to injury, but also threw that 49 – that was a phenomenal 49er defense off. But uh, but that's the only adjustment I think would happen is they're just going to not expose him in the run game like they did previously. All right, you got any picks for this weekend? Who you got? Oh, yeah, I think it's going to be a Kansas – it's going to be like a classic Super Bowl, man, Kansas City versus the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> okay, yeah, a lot of people – I listen, people are getting behind the idea of Tampa hosting the Super Bowl, which would be fun. That'd be cool. Uh, home team there, but – I don't see that happening. All right, Brady Pazinga. Uh, let me finish by saying this. That cold up oh, Bay is going to shock everybody on Tampa. Even Tom Brady, who's used to playing in the, the Northeast when it's cold in December and January. It's very different, especially if you've been living in warm weather. It's going to take them a good half to adjust to those conditions. It's wow. That's why Tampa Bay, it took them like 30 years. It took Tampa Bay's organization 30 years to win a game when the temperature wasn't over 40 degrees. I don't know if people know that. And it's just, it's the opposite if you're a northerly team. Yeah, look it up, man. It took them 27 years to win a game that the temperature, the starting temperature of the game was under 40 degrees. And then the opposite is true, too. It's very difficult for, like, the Packers to go south if it were, like, 90 degrees and they're living in, like, 20, 25-degree yeah. weather. So it's good. Well, I, I, you almost wonder. Remember, they totally shit the bed in Tampa earlier this year. Uh, warm, oh. I think it was October. Uh, maybe in late September, early October, but Hot. they were awful. I mean, they yes. did have the ten nothing lead, but then they just wilted. Yes, and and I mean, it's that that climate change, man. It especially when you go from that drastic, very very uh, you could call it like uh, the temperatures really a big difference. Uh, it takes you a while to get used. Doesn't matter. I mean, if I was Bruce Arians, I'd have flown out to Wisconsin already. 
get those guys in there, oh, get, get them acclimated. Yeah. acclimated. Oh, yeah. So it's not even an issue because it's going to be an issue the first two or three quarters. And that's just too late. I mean, you saw the Tennessee yeah. Titans. I, I don't know if you saw them, but they. Yeah, no, no. They got destroyed. <laughs> to figure it out. Yeah, now that was a snow game. I, I think it's like 20% chance of snow on Sunday. Yeah. But temperature, a high of 28. <laughs> and this game will be played late in the afternoon, evening. So no sun. Yeah, it's going to be a cold one. All right, Brady Papinga, Super Bowl champ. Brady, keep up the good work. Stay safe and, um, you know, enjoy the summer once L.A. County opens up. That's right, buddy. <laughs> All right, Jason. Appreciate you, man. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.